Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Hello, everyone. Happy Saturday to you. We are continuing on today with verses 20 through 30, looking at Jesus's humble heart. The context was Jesus speaking to the crowds about John. Jesus is going to make a transition and he's going to begin to speak about the judgments coming on those that were unwilling to receive and respond to this kingdom that John and Jesus had been proclaiming about. Verse 20, then Jesus began to denounce the cities in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. In the previous podcast episode, Jesus was highlighting how he was like the flute. He came after John, which was like the dirge, the more mournful song. John was telling everybody to repent and to be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. Jesus came with a demonstration of the kingdom, healing people from sickness, driving out demons, and blessing people, changing their circumstances in a way that John was not blessed with the ability to do. But in that, Jesus carried the same firmness and harshness that John did to those that didn't repent. And in fact, his harshness was even greater than John's. For John's message to repent was based on the old covenant word, the word of the Lord, the prophetic decrees that God had given to John. Jesus' challenge to repent and his warning if you didn't was based on all the miracles, signs, and wonders that people were seeing. When we're given more of God and we're entrusted with much, much is required, as the scripture says. Verse 21, Jesus says this, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! Rebuking these towns, warning them, If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. He's speaking about Gentile nations, much like the Old Testament's Nineveh, who Jonah went to. Jesus is saying, hey, these people who have you know, known of God through their conscience, known of God through creation, known of God through Israel's witness and proclamation of the word, they're accountable to God, yes, but oh, you Jewish cities, you have seen God in the flesh. You've seen the dead raised, the lame walk, the blind see. There's a greater accountability that you have based on what you've seen. He then turns to Capernaum. This is the area that he had settled into uh, by the Sea of Galilee and that Jesus had made his home after Nazareth. He says in verse 23, And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the heavens or to the skies? No, you will go down to Hades or the depths or the death. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. 
I want to bring to mind Sodom and Gomorrah literally in their judgment had burning sulfur and fire fall in the city. Only the righteous were taken out. Everybody else was destroyed by physical fire. And Jesus still says it'll be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. God saw that if Sodom had had Jesus arrive in the flesh with these miracles, there would have been a responsiveness. Does that make God unfair, unjust, that he didn't send a physical Messiah to Sodom when he was preparing to judge it? Absolutely not. God knows what's best. He gives us all types of grace all the time. And though he recognizes that certain dimensions or distributions of his grace could have more effect or less, he is a perfect judge that knows what to give us at what season and how to hold us accountable to his righteous ways. Jesus continues, and I love how he always balances things. Jesus released the whole counsel of God. He didn't reveal part of God's heart and then another part far later. He would often at one moment begin to release the balance so that we would see the full dimension of God's heart rather than misinterpreting a single part. It says in verse 25, At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. What a beautiful thing that Jesus in that moment takes time to begin to worship the Father. In the very context of proclaiming the intensity of judgment that's coming on these cities, he in the very same breath at that same time begins to worship and praise his Father. Father, thank you that you rule over the heavens and the earth. Lord, thank you that you're a good judge. Thank you that it's your good pleasure. And what's his good pleasure? The thing that Jesus highlights in this worship moment is that God hides these things, the revelations, the understanding of the judgments to come, the miracles at times, and the supernatural activity. There's many things that God will hide. And you'll say, well, God, is that loving to to withhold things from us? It's interesting. Satan would say, like he did to Adam and Eve, God's holding back on you. He doesn't want what's best for you. He's holding back. He's hiding things from you. The context in this is that Jesus is praising the Father for holding things back from the wise and learned. What's interesting about those that claim to be wise and learned, when a miracle comes, they misinterpret it, don't turn. When a warning of judgment comes, they harden their hearts and often don't turn. Jesus loves to reveal things to those that are willing to heed it and hear it. In verse 27, he explains a bit more about this. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. The picture that we get in this is that Jesus and the Father share their hearts and share all this information. The Son knows the Father. The Father knows the Son. And what Jesus is wanting, he's wanting us to be caught up in that relational dynamic. 
In verse 26, Jesus said, Father, it's your good pleasure to reveal these things to the little children. In that, we know that it doesn't please God to hide things from the wise and learned. Jesus never says, oh, it's so good and you so enjoy it when you don't get to show people who you are and what you're about to do. But the Father does experience such delight when we humble ourselves, when we're those wise and learned ones that think we know everything and we come to God on our knees and say, God, I just want to know you. Jesus, I just want to know you. I want to know how the two of you talk. I want to know what you're talking about now. I want to know what you're thinking about my city and the future judgment on my city. And as we come to him like children, oh, it pleases him and he will reveal so much. And how does Jesus end this section? With that encouragement. Come to me, verse 28. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Pause for a moment and let that sweep over you like a river. Jesus recognizes that in a world where there's so much pressure to be wise, to be learned, to be God to ourselves, to figure out what's happening, to protect ourselves from evil and judgment and pain and suffering, to try to get everybody set free from all the pain and suffering and struggle. He knows how exhausting it is to be God. And so Jesus says, come to me. I want to give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In the context, we see Jesus having seemingly put, in, put a very heavy yoke or a heavy burden on the towns of Chorazin beside Capernaum as he declares to them that their judgment will be worse than Sodom, Tyre, and Sidon who had all experienced temporary judgments in this age that pointed to the eternal judgment of second death that's coming at Jesus's return. And then he switches and talks about a light and easy yoke. What's beautiful about this is the yoke or the teachings and the words that he placed on these cities was not heavy. It was their sin and the suffering that they were causing to one another that was heavy. His firm rebuke, his calling out, his declaring woe to you for your lack of repentance was the light and easy yoke. For if they would come under that for a moment and come under conviction and become again like children and cry out for mercy, rest would flood into their souls even now. Though Jesus had declared this judgment, it hadn't arrived yet. And it's amazing. As he warns us, he gives us so much space for turning I want to encourage you today that God's words and his teachings, if they ever seem heavy to you, it's only because you're trying to carry them, respond to them in your own strength. His teaching is not just his ways and what to do and what God expects. His yoke or his teaching is also the Father's heart, the Father's empowerment, the relationship between the Father and Son, 
And as that's revealed to you, even the most intense of his commandments and expectations become easy because you get to do it with the family of God, the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The prayer prompt for today in this section of Jesus' humble heart is this. Jesus, why does your Father enjoy hiding things? from people. I want you to take time today to explore that with God, the joy that he has in hiding things and revealing things. In the Proverbs, it says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. And even though God withholds certain things from the wise and learned as a judgment and a discipline to them, His pleasure is really found in the point of revelation that comes when we turn. So today, don't be like Bethsaida. Don't be like Chorazim and Capernaum. When God corrects you and rebukes you, turn and let the yoke of the slavery to sin fall off and take on the yoke of his teaching. For he's here to reveal himself. He's here to reveal the Father. And he's here to reveal the righteous way that leads to your best and the blessed for the cities that you live in. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his spirit who indeed is this Jesus.